Hey, this is Pastor Matt McClure here from Takeover Church, and thank you so much for checking out today's message. We hope it encourages you, we pray it blesses you, we pray it challenges you. And if you don't know, we have service every single Sunday at 10.30 a.m. And we would love for you and yours, your family and your friends to come on out, experience church, be a part of all that God is doing through Takeover Church. But hey, we hope this blesses you. Have a great rest of your day. Uh, good morning. How are we doing? Fantastic. It's good to see you. Yes, like uh, my incredible, can you just give it up for the church news boys? Pastor Scott, one of our key leaders, Zach. Good Lord. Y'all are an absolute riot. Um, love you so much. If I haven't had a chance to meet you, my name is uh, Matt McClure. I'm one of the lead pastors here. Me and my beautiful wife, Adrienne, we co-lead pastor this church together. Um, and it's awesome and it's a privilege and it's an absolute honor. So none of us here at Takeover Church take ministry or pastoring or serving you and serving the city lightly. So thank you for allowing us to do that. We love you guys. But y'all ready for the word this morning? Yo, can I just say worship was the bomb.com. Like what is even happening this morning? My my neck hurts. I got I got whiplash from the worship. It was good. Um, and our incredible, she is so much more than this, but this morning she was acting as our lovely keyboardist, Miss Natalie DeVries, turning 25. Happy birthday, Natalie. We love you. I call her Nat Attack. She doesn't like it, but I'm working on her. Uh, so I call her Nat Attack. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Anyways, um, y'all ready for the word? Fantastic. This morning, we are in a series that we are continuing. It's called Into the Wild. Even though one of my core key leaders in church, Zach Kramer, has no idea what's going on. I love you, Zach. Um, but yeah, we are in a series called Into the Wild. And has this series been good for anybody so far? Anybody that's been here has been good? Come on. I feel like it's really a... Uh, uh, I always feel silly saying these things because it's like, yeah, duh, you're the preacher. Like, you sh you're going to say these things are awesome. I do feel like it's been an incredible, monumental series so far for our church. And so I'm really, really pumped to uh, continue it this morning. If you don't know the wild, you are probably already in it. If you are following Jesus, if he has called you, if you are going into some sort of vocation, if he's called you into some sort of relationship, into a marriage, maybe he's given you a person as an assignment, whatever that area is that he has given you that is un explored it is new frontier it is a fresh terrain that he has called you to go into and to take that is the wild and so for us as a church as we go and we initiate in our world in our city in our calling with our God this is a message series designed about how to win in the wild how to be successful in the wild amen so I want to continue that tonight does that sound good this morning my bad y'all calm down we did church like two years at night it's gonna take me a minute um, but the title of my message from my note takers that come on, haven't done this one in a moment. If you ain't taking notes, you ain't going to heaven. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but take notes. It's good for your soul. Um, but the title of my message is this. Y'all ready? Yeah. The title is the word and the wild, Whoa. the wild and the word, or we can switch it up and we can call it the word in the wild. I don't know, but it's going to be good. The word and the wild. Amen. And this morning we're coming out of Psalm 119 through 105, no, re-up, re Psalm 119, 105 through 112. Y'all ready? Yeah. All right, I'm coming out of ESV this morning. You are welcome to read anything you want besides the King James Version. No, <laughs> I said that one specifically for our people pastor, Dave Vining, because uh, he loves the KJV. He calls me and he's like, Pastor, thou shalt, and I'm like, Dave, I don't even know what you're saying right now. I'm 28 years old. Um, 
All right, 105, here we go. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I have sworn an oath and confirmed it to keep your righteous rules. I am severely afflicted. Give me life, O Lord, according to your word. Accept my freewill offerings of praise, O Lord, and teach me your rules. I hold my life in my hand continually, but I do not forget your law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, but I do not stray from your precepts. Your testimonies are my heritage forever, for they are the joy of my heart. I incline my heart to perform your statutes forever to the end. Does that sound good? We're going to pray, and then we're going to see what the Lord will do. Jesus, we just thank you so much for this morning. Father God, we love you, and we surrender it all right now. God, we talked about it in Team Rally, but just as a church as a whole, Whatever we came in with this morning, God, we have checked it at the door. We met you in worship where you met us, God. And we ask that you would continue meeting with your people right here, right now, in such a powerful and tangible capacity, God. We ask that we would leave today looking more like your son Jesus and less like your son Matt. Looking more like your son Jesus than your daughter Adrienne or whatever your name is this morning. We want to look more like Jesus and less like us when we leave here today. So Father God, do whatever it is that you want to do in and through our lives. In Jesus, my name of Faithville Church said, Amen. Amen. The word and the wild. It's a funny thing about the wild and the word. They got the strangest relationship I have ever seen. And I ain't talking like, you know, your uncle who always shows up to Thanksgiving with a new girlfriend every year, okay? And you're wondering, well, what is going on with him? I'm not talking about that. The word and the wild have such a unique and a weird relationship, if I'm being honest, because the whole reason you're out in the wild The whole reason you are going forth in this new territory that the Lord has given you, you're starting this new business, you're going to this new vocation, you're starting this new marriage, you have bended a knee to God and said, yes, I will follow you into this area, whatever you have called me to, this new assignment that he has brought you to. The whole reason you're in the wild is because you received a word. The whole reason you went into the wild It's because you felt called by God, that he gave you a word, that he called you out of darkness and into light, no pun intended, that he called you from your former life into a new life with him, that he called you to put down your old nature and put on your new nature as a Christian. Come on, this is basic theology this morning. The whole reason you are following Jesus, that you have entered into this fresh life, this new terrain with Jesus, is because he already gave you a word. But the reason it has such a strange relationship is because if you're human in here today, if you're an honest Jesus follower today, I think you would be very honest and you'd be very real and you'd be very humble and very open about this. That often when you get out into the wild with God, suddenly you'll find that the wild and the word don't always line up. That you start following Jesus, you get out to what he's called you to do, And suddenly, your circumstances don't look like the word that you were given. Suddenly, your situation don't always look like the rah-rah word that you got when you first went into it. You were first called, and he's like, you're going to plant a church. And then you have like 20-some people at your first interest party. And then the next one, you have five, and they're all on staff. (laughs) And then you have three more, and they're all on staff. (laughs) 
Sometimes when you step out into the wild and you're full of confidence and you're full of bravado and you're ready to go and you're just like, woo, let's go for Jesus. You step out into the wild. You step out into fresh terrain, to new territory, the brand new frontier for all my Star Trek fans this morning. You step out into the wild and suddenly the word that brought you into the wild doesn't necessarily match up with what your experience says in the wild. It's a strange dichotomy. It's a strange place that Christians are forced to exist in. I think if we're being honest this morning, I got some people looking at me like, is this heresy? What are you saying? No, 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 no. I'm saying that God called you into something. He called you to start something. He called you to take something. He called you to do something great for the Lord. I don't believe that we serve the Lord of the mediocre, but we serve the Lord of greater. Amen? And so he calls you into this thing, but you get out here and it's easy to look around and suddenly your circumstances don't always align with the word and you're a bit confused. You're a bit doubtful. You're wondering if you've got sin in your life. You ever been there before? That happens to Adrian and I sometimes. Kids, you not. Where we're like, hey, I know we're called to do this and we're doing this and it's awesome, but some things just aren't lining up. Like, do we got some secret sin in our lives that we just need to confess? For me, the answer is yes. Uh, but <laughs> being honest this morning, on a journey, we're getting there. Sanctification process is going really good. But suddenly we're out in the wild and we start questioning God. And we start wondering, where did we get off track? Man, we're feeling resistance. Man, it's a little dark. Man, there's just some things going on that I thought when you called me, I thought that you called me. When you called me, I thought this was greatness. I thought this was glory. I thought I went from hope to hope and strength to strength and glory to glory. Like, what is even going on? Am I alone in following God and having questions along the way? You get out in the wild and you're just start questioning everything you've believed. You start questioning what he called you. I thought this was my year. I thought this was the year that we were going to have a baby. I thought I received that word. A couple people told me this was the year and now it's November. We're about to be in Thanksgiving and yet fertility is still, infertility is still ruling and reigning in my life. I thought this was the end of it. I thought this was the end of the journey. I'm just so lonely, and I'm just ready for it to happen. I'm always the bridesmaid, but never the bride. I thought this was my year. I thought this was the job. I thought you called me into this place and into this sector so that I could be a light for you, Father God, and yet the business is finally bankruptcy. I'm collecting unemployment, and it's less than half than what I was making. God, I thought you called me into this marriage, but it turns out that he's just a liar. What is going on? I thought this was a union addressed by God, and here I am contemplating divorce and talking things over with my pastors, and I'm just a little bit confused right now. God, you called me. Well, where are you? Where's the fulfillment? Where's the joy? Where's all the things I thought you promised me? We're an honest church. We're not going to shy away from these difficult seasons that we go through. So that leads me to the wild and the word. 
Here the writer of the psalm, he starts it off by saying this, my word, your word, is a lamp unto my feet. It is a light unto my path. I think if you're a Christian here today, you've probably heard this in some Christian music song. You've probably seen this as on some bumper sticker. You might have heard this in another church service before. But what I want to highlight this morning is what the psalmist knows, what God knows, and what so often we forget. The fact that we even need a light means that there are going to be some dark days on this journey. The fact that we need a lamp unto our feet means that things are going to happen in this life of following Jesus that we didn't ask for, that we can't explain, that is unfathomable, that we never would have wished on our worst enemy. We're going to experience some tribulation in this life of following Jesus. And the Lord knows and the psalmist knows and the American church needs to know that his word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. The very fact that we are in need of a light speaks to the fact that in this life, though you have been in need, though you have submitted to the name of Jesus, though you have come home to be a part of a citizenship of heaven, though your life is no longer your own, you are still going to experience some darkness, there are going to be some things that happen in your life that will only be explained on the other side of heaven. But I came with some good news for you this morning, church. If there is darkness in your life, if you feel like you're surrounded by a greater cloud, Hebrew says we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses cheering us on. But often in this life, we feel like we're surrounded by a great crowd of darkness wanting to see us fail. If you find yourself in a season where you can't see beyond your own self. You can't see five feet in front of your faith, let alone, let alone the path in front of you. The good news is today is that his word is still and will remain, has never changed, will end, and it is still undefeated at being a lamp for your feet and a light for your path. It's there that I'd like to... I'd like to open our eyes a little bit. While these things will still happen, Jesus himself even said, in this world you will experience trials and tribulation of many kinds, but take heart, because I have overcome the world. And the psalmist is saying this morning, some things are going to happen. From his own life, from their own life, they've experienced some things that were inexplicable and unexplainable. And they were confused, and they were doubtful, and they were full of faithlessness, and they were wondering where their God was. But in the midst of those questions and in the midst of those doubts, they knew enough about who God is, his character, that his word is a light unto our feet and a lamp unto our path. It's my heart and it's my charge and it's my plea this morning that if you find yourself in a season of darkness, you find yourself in a season of doubt, you find yourself somewhere with some questions, that you wouldn't just go to any word. You wouldn't just go to any word on the street. 
You wouldn't just get on any word of culture. You wouldn't just start looking to your left or to your right or to what the world has to say about your problems, what the world has to say about your marriage, what the world has to say about your desires on the inside of you. You don't know why you have them. You didn't ask for them, but the Lord's asking you to still submit it, but you don't want to submit it because it's confusing. And so instead of submitting it, we start looking to the left and we start looking to the right. We're out here following Jesus and we've got some questions. And so often for Christians, instead of our first response being going to the word, it's often our last resort. As human beings, we love to look to the left and we love to look to the right. We love to see what's going on over here. Well, they went through this and I know they're not following Jesus, but their life is... I know they're not following Jesus, but their marriage is really good, and they're doing this, and all of a sudden you come to find out that they've got an open marriage, and they're doing this, and, and, and God's not even defining their marriage bed anymore. They're just doing life on their own terms and how they feel like they need to just to keep things afloat. And so you start considering some things. It's funny how the darkness gets you to consider some things that you would never give attention to in the light. The darkness has a way of getting you to consider some thoughts, consider some ideas, consider some notions. That if you are in the proper place where you were when you first started with Jesus, when you were so excited to follow him into the great unknown and the great beyond, when you were in that place, you would never consider it. But it's when you're in the wild and you're going through a difficult season when there is an enemy who very much wants to see you kill, steal, and destroy and suddenly you start considering some things in the darkness that you would have never have entertained in the light. What the psalmist says, your word. And he goes on to list all these other things, all these difficulties, all these things. And we'll get to that, all these things that he's experiencing in this life. Enemies have laid traps. Doubt has come in. His circumstances weren't always lining up with what the word of God said. He says, I'm suffering and I'm in need of healing. Sounds like a lot of people's lives that I've done life with and I've done church with for a while now. Sometimes you're in such a long season of darkness that the word hasn't even had the option of speaking into your faith or speaking into your life or speaking hope in your direction because you have just left it shut for so long. Nikki. But he says, his word, his word is a light unto our path. That when I opened this Bible right now, his light was a word unto our path. It was a lamp unto my feet. I'm surrounded by darkness. It's unexplainable. I didn't ask for it. I didn't want divorce. I didn't want sickness. I didn't want cancer. Things were happening while I was following Jesus. And I don't know where I'm going. But his word, it's a lamp unto our feet, and it's a light unto our path. As Christians, we love this light, don't we? 
Oh, man, when we are up on the mountaintop and we're having success, our bank account has all the zeros, sex is good in our marriage, we're in our single season, we've been off porn for a few months, we're experiencing the praise reports on Sunday, and we love this word. God, I just thank you in this word that your word says, I am the head, not the tail, that I am first, that I am not last, that I will never come in second when I put you first. Thank you, God, for your promises. But it's when we're in the valley, when we're in the valley of darkness, we're trying to follow God, but we're in the valley and suddenly we're not seeing the promises of God as evident in our lives. Suddenly we're actually experiencing some doubt and some dread. And we're experiencing some of these things that we didn't ask for. And suddenly this word. We're not opening it. We're not in it. We're not considering the ramifications. And the consequences, the reaping and sowing. We're not considering. You can leave it down, Nikki. We're not considering. We're not taking into account our mindsets, our thought processes, the things that we begin to entertain in our life because we are so drowned out by darkness. Can I tell you this morning one of the things I think is brilliant about this psalmist? about this word when he says your word is a light unto my a lamp unto my feet I think he says it that way because so often when we are in darkness and we are in doubt and we're struggling with some things and we have some questions when we've been hurt when we've been taken advantage of with some things just don't line up and they just don't make sense it's a lamp to our feet because so often we don't even know where we're going when we're in darkness We have no idea what is happening. The world, they don't have Jesus. They don't have this light. They don't have the Holy Spirit on the inside of them. They don't have the answers to the questions, to the doubt that we struggle with. So when they're in a valley, when the world is a perpetual darkness, that's why Jesus calls us the light of the world. Because we are here to take it over with light, to shine a light. They're stumbling around. It makes sense why they're knocking things over, why their lives are falling apart, why they can't see to put one foot in front of their face, and they're falling down. And you see people who are living how they want, any way they want to, doing things contrary to what God would have best for them, and they're living how they want on their terms and living out their truth. And they're stumbling around, and their marriages are falling apart. And all they do is question and so often, for the Christian, when we're in that valley of darkness, we're not looking to the word. We're stumbling around like some people that are still asleep. Some people are still not awake, who don't know that God's word is best for their life. 
that God designed you and he created you. And so he knows how to best use you in every season and every circumstance, every situation. Amen. He made you. He formed you. He knows every hair on your head. He knows every single, uh, uh, every single DNA that you have, every single part of you. He designed you. And so he knows how Matt McClure is best fitted to act and to respond and to live in a season of darkness. He knows how Scott Fletcher, how he would have success when his marriage is on the rocks. He knows how Callie, when she moves from states, and she has a job lined up, and it falls, and it doesn't come through. And she went through four months of interviews and was drug along and strung along and promised over and over again what it was going to look like, and it didn't end up happening. He knows what's best for Callie's path when it's dark. His word is a light unto our path. You know, we love this word when it lines up with what we want. We love it when our desires match up with what this says. Oh, yeah, money? Bring it. Oh, good marriage? Come on. Wives, submit to your heart. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Just trying to lighten the mood a little bit. I know it's been heavy. We're in the dark. It's good. I'll turn the light on at some, at some point. You're fine. Just Everybody good? Is this helping anybody? But we love this light. We love this word. This is like one of those little Bibles that they'd give you at high school. They'd be like passing around. It's just the New Testament and some Psalms. And all your unsafe friends call it Palms. It's funny. <laughs> you laugh. It's good. But we love it when it lines up with our desires. And we love it even more when it lines up with our experience. But we're suddenly we're a single person. And we're going through a lonely season. We're having bouts of depression. We're wondering why marriage hasn't happened for us yet. And suddenly there's an available girl, and there's an available boy, pornography is available. And all of a sudden what we're feeling doesn't line up with God's will for our lives. And so we love it when it matches our desires, but when it tells us who we can have sex with and who we can't have sex with. We love it when our tithing is showing in our finances. But when somebody comes to you as a brother and sister in faith and says, hey, how you're spending your money right now, do you think that's what God says is best for you? You think going into debt for that is what's best for you? Well, maybe not, but I want it. Hey, those things that you're consuming, man, he called you to be a worship leader. He called you to be a worship leader, but how you're living right now it doesn't eradicate the call, but it puts you on the bench for a little bit. Yeah, but it's, it's what I wanted. A woman who takes care of her home, takes care of her family, is worthy of all the praise, Proverbs 31 says. And she is, Pastor Matt, she's worthy of all the praise and adoration. She's so good at keeping house. There's just this woman at work who's really good at keeping my ego up. This word is a lamp unto our feet and a light 
onto our path. Can I tell you one more really encouraging thing about the lamp on our feet? I believe he says it's a lamp unto our feet because when we take this light and we shine it on our feet, he doesn't just say that for kicks and gigs. When you look at it, the Holy Spirit is leading you and saying, how you're walking right now? Is this how a son and daughter would walk? Is this how a son of the Most High God, is this how he walks, how you're doing it right now, shining a light onto your feet? Is this the work? Is this how a walk of a son adopted into heaven? Is that how he walks? Right now, how you're walking in this life? The friends that you're surrounding yourself with, the words that are coming out of your mouth, how you're operating in the workplace, shine a light on your feet, daughter. Is this what he has for you, or does he have so much more? Look at how you're walking. Somebody say, look at how you're walking. And the reason he says it's a light unto your path is because you serve a God who has gone before you. A lot of Christians, this is where we get it messed up. This is why we start to feel lonely in a season that doesn't always line up with the word that we got at the beginning of the while. We start to feel lonely. We start to feel abandoned. Even though if we opened up his word, you would know that he says he's never left you nor forsaken you, that the gifts and call on your life are irrevocable, that if you're feeling like you're in a dark season, open your word. It's a light to your path. It's going to get better. There's more. The mission is still your mission. Your assignment is still your assignment. And he's saying, I've gone before you. I can't light up a path for you that I've never gone before. I have run ahead of you. I know it looks dark right now, but you crack open your word. You get some brothers and sisters around you to confirm your word. You get in prayer and you get in worship. You get in the word of God. And you'll begin to see that I have gone ahead of you. I have ran far ahead of you. I've been preparing this path for you. I knew what this would look like. I see reality 18,000 different ways because I stand outside of it. I see your choices and I know how it's going to go. And I've gone before you. And I've prepared a way for you. But the light for that path, it's in my word. Amen, church. Come on. You can turn those lights back on, Nikki. (laughs) this is the best $14 I've ever spent on Amazon. (laughs) Is this good for anybody this morning? Is this helping anybody out? His word is a lamp unto our feet, and it's a light unto our path. It's okay. The lights will come back at some point. Don't worry about it. (laughs) This little light of mine. Come on. I'm going to. We're going to get there. (laughs) But he says this. He goes on to say this, because so often we forget. (laughs) Give it a second. It's like when the preview starts. (laughs) We forget. This isn't just a love letter to his sons and his daughters. This is an owner's manual. This is a user's manual. This is the game plan. If you ever played sports in here, this is your playbook. He knows how to crush the defense and to get you to the end zone. Come on. 
But so often we forget that this is the game plan. But the psalmist, he lays out the game plan. Can I tell it for you? He says this, your word is a lamp to my feet, and it's a light to my path. I have sworn an oath and confirmed it to keep your righteous rule. I have sworn an oath and confirmed it to keep your righteous rule. When I came home to follow Jesus, when I heard that word that said there is a father who will never treat you the way yours has, Matt, you can come home today. There's a better family to be a part of. You have a destiny and a call, and it's beyond being a drug user and a drug pusher and an alcoholic like your father is. When you come home and you say, yes, Lord, I make you my Savior and my Lord right now, you take up an oath. If you've taken on the blood, you've taken on an oath to follow in his righteous way. So when your circumstances don't line up with the word that he gave you, you're going to stay committed to the word that he gave you, even though the wild don't look like it was going to look like. I took an oath. I said, yes, I will follow you. I laid down my nets. I put on my new nature. I turned from my old ways and I started going your way. I took an oath. So when my circumstances don't line up, your righteous ways will I keep. Here's this. Come on. He says, I am severely afflicted. Give me life, O Lord, according to your word. Has anybody in here ever been severely afflicted? Whether it was your own sickness, your daughter's sickness, your husband's sickness, your family's sickness. You got suicide in your family line. You got mental illness in your family line. You've had some trauma in your life. You've been taken advantage of as a young person. I'm severely afflicted. And his answer to that honest confession is, give me life, O Lord, according to your word. According to your word. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. It's a light unto my path. Not the doctor's word. Not my college's word. Not my friend's divorce attorney who thinks that I can get all of this because he stepped out on me. No, your lamp, your light is your word to my path. Though I'm severely afflicted, hospice won't have the last word. God will have the last word. Amen? Amen. Give me your healing, O oh Lord, according to your word. Game plan, he says. Accept my free will offerings of praise, O Lord, and teach me your rules. I hold my life in my hand continually, but I do not forget your law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, but I do not stray from your precepts. A lot of church probably don't know what the word precept means. Precept means a preordained way of living, preordained way of law, preordained rule. You start a new job somewhere, there's a culture in that workplace that you now have to abide by. When you come home to know Jesus, there's a kingdom culture. If you want to sign up and be a part of Team Night, we've been going through it for the last year, kingdom culture, amen. There's a kingdom culture, a kingdom set of rules that you will now begin to obey by. So when the enemy lays a snare for you, when you walk and there's a bear trap in your path, when there is a net that has leaves over it, and there's a hole underneath it with some spikes, Indiana Jones status in your life, when the enemy has plotted your demise, he says, I will not stray from your precepts. Though there's the temptation to step out of my marriage, your precept for me is that I remain faithful to my spouse. Though there is a trap for me to embezzle money from my company, 
Your precept for me is a man or a woman of integrity. I will stay with your precepts. Though I'm single and I'm lonely and I'm listening to too much R&B music and I'm in my feelings. It's true. Come on. When I was a kid, Nice and Slow by Usher came out and I was like, Lord, you're going to have to get me to that finish line. And he did. Because <laughs> Nice and Slow, it's baby making music. Anyways. I got plans to put my, anyways, so, uh, hands in the air, anyways, uh, that's, not, that's not what he says, that's not what he it says, it's good news, okay, when you're married, fantastic, okay, my bad, sorry, <laughs> it's, been, it's been heavy, I'm just trying to lighten it a little bit, but when the opportunity presents itself to sin, to turn from worshiping God, and to worship yourself, or worship another person, or worship culture, or give in to something because it's vogue and it's in and it's sexy right now. We say, no, Lord. That's a snare. I remain in your precepts. I will be faithful to what you called me. Amen, church? Come on. Amen. He says this. Here it is. This is the finish of this part of the, uh, part of the message. We're mad on time. Oh, devil clock. Shut up. I incline my heart to perform your statutes forever to the end. This is where Christians get it messed up. Because we get out in the wild and we're following God and we thought everything would line in place because he called us into it. I thought you would just line every single thing up. I didn't realize I was going to have to do something. I didn't realize I was actually going to have to have faith for something. I didn't realize something was actually required of me to see the kingdom of God come to pass in my lifetime. I didn't realize it. But the psalmist says, I incline my heart to perform your statutes forever to the end. A lot of Christians, we don't incline, we recline. I thought you was going to do it. I've been here laying. I'm just basking in the glory. I'm just basking. I'm marinating in it. I'm just hanging out in your glory, God. I thought you was going to do everything. No, 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 no. Because when darkness comes to your home, the devil knocks on your door. You are going to have to incline your heart. You're going to have to take up a posture that says, I will not be defeated. The enemy will not have my children. The enemy will not have my mind. The enemy will not have my marriage. The enemy will not have my health. Come on, church, help me preach this morning. The enemy will not have it. I'm going to incline myself. I'm going to ready my hands for battle like we talked about last week. And I'm going to kick the devil in the teeth. And I'm going to praise my Lord all the day long. Amen. Amen. <laughs> when our reality and his word do not align. Go with his word. When you are wild in his word, do not align. Go with his word. Some of us in here today, I got a couple pieces of scripture that I want to break down for you at the end right here. And I feel like the Lord was really ordaining this whole message. There are some people this morning in this room right now that he laid on my heart in the middle of this week that he said these verses are for them. Please deliver it to them. He's not trying to smite you with that. He's not trying to stamp you out with that. This isn't to shame you or to blame you. This is to lift you up out of the darkness that you've been in in your wild season, what he's called you to, because he is a God who still rescues. If he sees his kids stuck in some mud, he's coming out to get you. This is your coming out moment, okay? He's coming to get you right now. He says this, Romans 10, 17. Ooh, when I was in, when I was in youth ministry, Back in the day, not running youth ministry, but in youth ministry, there was a song that was Romans 10, 17. Anyways, uh, they were trying, okay? It, they were trying. They were Baptists. Um, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of God. 
Faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. Paul points this out. He says, you want faith? Some of you, it's going to take a mountains and loads and a lot of faith for you specifically to get through the season that you're in because you've been taken advantage of. You've been wrong. You've been deeply hurt. You have been dissatisfied. Something has happened inside of you that fractured you when you were young that just sets you on a broken course. Even though you've come home to know Jesus now, there's still some brokenness that has to be healed. And it's going to take some faith to get through it. Does anybody want faith this morning? So he says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's not enough just to hear. Paul says, faith comes by hearing. And everyone's like, yeah, I've heard some things. I've heard some things about you, Paul. I've heard some things about them. I've definitely heard some things about Peter. I've heard, Peter, you bad boy. I've heard some things about this. I've heard some ways they're living over here. This church got some prostitutes in there. Like, I've heard some things. I've heard this. Yo, Caesar, the way he wants us to live is kind of like this. And we're going to start the Catholic church and this whole thing. And like, it's not enough just to hear. Because in this life, while you're in a dark season, again, when you are in darkness, you will consider and you will entertain some things that you would have never considered or entertained in the light. And so it's not enough just to hear. It's not enough just to hear good thoughts. Yo, I'm sending you good thoughts. I'm sending you good vibes. All my good energy coming your way. What? What you been smoking? Yo, dude, I was, I was shaking my crystals this morning, sending it your way. I don't serve rocks. I serve the Lord who makes rocks praise him. What are you talking about? Some of you, that goes over your head. The Bible says if you won't praise him, he got some rocks that will do it. Come on. That's a good word. He says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's not enough just to hear, he says. He says faith comes by hearing. And everyone's like, woo, yeah, heard some good things. I heard some things about karma, which is just when the world says, hey, there's a celestial law in place where you reap and you sow. But we don't really like God because he's against some things in our lives. So we're going to remove God and not give him any of the credit. So we're going to call it karma. And it's weird because they call it karma, and that's not even the definition of karma. It makes no sense. They're all confused, okay? So they're hearing some things. Yeah, I heard some things. This is a great marriage seminar I should go to. Cool. Are they Christians? Are they Jesus followers that are running this thing? No, no, no. But they got, like, these eight rules, these healthy steps to, like, you know, eight ways to your best marriage ever. And I'm like, yeah, but, like, are they Jesus followers? Like, is their words coming out of the word of God? Because when you go there and they're not underneath the authority of Christ, their words look like this. It might sound good, but that don't mean it is good. It might sound good, but that don't mean it's God. Meeting with Dave and Jane for marriage counseling, that's the word. Hanging out with our people, pastors, is the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hearing is not enough. It has to be what you are putting in that will determine your success or not. Amen? Second is this. Worship team, you can make your way up here. (coughs) The second is this. And this is huge, okay? I think it's been huge this whole time. But uh, this is a word that I was struggling with, with delivering. There's a word that I really didn't want to deliver. It's a word that I was kind of like, yeah, you see, everyone can get behind faith and hearing from the word of God, you know, Lord. But and I think everyone will be really cool with, like, the little analogy with the light-up Bible and all that good stuff. Like, I think everyone's going to be really good with this. This one, I think, is going to be a little bit of a tough pill to swallow. And he was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Is your name Takeover Church or not? And I was like, wow, Okay. There it is. Put me on blast, Lord. You, me, and the Holy Spirit. Right now, Jesus is laughing at me because he's like, brother, you're an idiot. And I was like, I know, Jesus. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's how me and Jesus talk. You and Jesus do your thing. He's quite real with me because I need a frank God. Amen? <laughs> I was like, just keep it a buck with me always because I'm a little dumb, and I'm that sheep that likes to go run off because I saw something else. Like, that's me. 
100%. So this next piece of scripture I want to share with you comes out of the book of Isaiah. If you don't know anything about the book of Isaiah, Isaiah is a prophecy book. It's about Jesus. It's amazing. Everything he says is about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Everything is Jesus in this book, and this is what it says. Isaiah 6.10, make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy and blind their eyes. Lest they see, lest just means unless they see. Unless they see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and turn and be healed. So what do we need to see, and what do we need to hear, and what do we need to understand with their hearts? And friends, I got to tell you this morning, it's his word. Unless they see with their eyes, unless they hear with their ears, and unless they understand with their hearts and turn and then be healed. Some of us this morning, I think this applies to physical healing as well, but what the Lord was telling me throughout the week is that there's some people with some mental healing that needs to happen, with some emotional healing that needs to happen, some people that got some heartbreak going on. That you have been checked into the Heartbreak Hotel for far too long and it's time for you to check out today. So there are some things right now that some of us, if we would just stand while I finish this message, we're going we're to enter into some worship in just a minute. If you need prayer for anything physical or mental, one of our core leaders, Zach Kramer, is up the back over there. This man, I'm not going to try and oversell it, but he just has a gift for healing. He has a gift for laying hands and seeing some things happen in your life, and he will challenge you, and he will ask you to stand up on that leg. He will ask how you're feeling, and if he's not seeing the healing that he feels the Lord wants to give you right now, he will hit you with that double tap. So in just a moment when we go into worship, if that's something that you want to take advantage of, we're going to start doing that at church. We're going to have our boy Zach in the back. He said something prophetic to me the other day. He said, isn't church the place where I get to learn my spiritual gifts? And I said, yep. He's like, isn't it a place that I get to lay hands and fail, and I get to lay hands and succeed, and I get to try these things? And I said, yep. He's like, would you mind if I'm in the back during worship, and you just let people know that I'm back there, and we're going to see what the Lord wants to do in their life? And I said, yes, Zach, come on. But some of us today, worship team, come on, chill. Just play softly and make me sound real spiritual. Some of us today, we've gone through some hurts in our lives. Some of us, we've left some churches because the ministry failed you. Some pastors hurt you. Some key leaders had gossiped and lied about you and put you on blast. Had overpromised and underdelivered, and it wounded you to your core. Some of us, some things happened when we were a kid, when we were young, that should have never have happened to you. That the Lord's heart broke for you in that moment. But again, he's gone before you and he understands this is your moment of healing where restoration can take place. Place We serve the God, not just of restoration, but of redemption. And if you know anything about Jesus, redemption means to make better than ever was. So he's not interested in just restoring you to a former state. He wants to redeem every part of you. Some of us have been hurt by our spouse. Something they said that began to shape your identity. 
how you saw yourself in the marriage, how you saw yourself as a woman or as a man. That's a crack, that's a fracture, that's a full-on break that God wants to reset right now. He's saying, unless you use this word, you see it with your eyes and you see what he says about you. Unless you hear it with your ears and you hear what he says about you, not what they did to you, not what they said about you that fractured you and broke you, but hear what he says about you, that you are his masterpiece, that you are wonderfully and perfectly made. And unless you understand that in your heart, it's not enough just to see it. It's not enough just to hear it. But you got to receive it this morning. Only then when you receive it can you turn and be healed. So right now, this word it is a lamp unto your feet. It is a light unto your path. And that path is going straight towards redemption. So if you need redemption in your marriage you need redemption in yourself we're going to open up this altar right now if you need redemption in your body or in your mind zach's in the back but if you feel like you just need to come and you just need to lay it down you need to take a knee you need to do it with god whatever it is the altar is yours the freedom is yours the seeing the hearing the believing in your heart it's yours this morning So I'm going to pray, and as I pray, you can feel free to make your way down here. The worship team is going to begin to sing, and we're just going to see what the Lord will do for just the next couple minutes. I know we're running late, but it doesn't matter. He don't operate on your clock right now. He's operating on healing, and he wants to deliver it to you right now. So don't take, don't take off. Take advantage of this moment. This is for you this morning. There is no shame in here. If that is you and you need that, this is shame off you. We're here, we're praying, and we're rejoicing. There is no shame for you coming down here and bending a knee or standing and worshiping at the altar. It is shame off you because God wants to do something right now. So Jesus, I just thank you for a full church this morning. I thank you for people in this room right now, God, who are coming after you with everything they've got, with everything in them, God. It may not be enough for the darkness that they're in. That's why they're bringing it to you. I don't have it. But I want it. And I know you have it. And I know you can do it. So this season, I hand it over. This fracture, I hand it over. What he did to me, I hand it over. What she said about me, I hand it over. What that church did to me, I hand it over. And I turn from that hurt, and I turn from the brokenness, and I walk it into your healing. In Jesus' mighty name, we all said.